Welcome back to the big program. Uh, 10 o'clock in Edmonton. Kevin Carius along with Grant Fuhrer. And really happy and honored and excited to welcome in our next guest to the show. Uh, former, long-time play-by-play man in the NHL, World Juniors, all over, everywhere. Uh, Dennis Bayak, uh, who just recently retired after a long, long career. Uh, boy, uh, Dennis, uh, thanks for hopping on. Uh, welcome to Sports 1440. You're with Kevin Carius, Grant Fuhrer. Good morning, uh, How's early retri- early retirement treating you? Gentlemen, uh, good to be on with you guys. Uh, it's uh, going well. Uh, enjoying the sunshine here in Arizona. I know Grant is over in uh, Palm Springs. Um, you're up in Chile, Edmonton. But uh, it's good. Uh, back from the World Junior and uh, going to get back to uh, some golf here this week. The weather's kind of warmed up here. We had a few chilly mornings. There were some frost delays oh. uh, for some of the morning golfers, but uh, get back at it today. So, And uh, as for what lies after that, we'll figure that out on a daily basis. Yeah, it's one hole at a time, right, Dennis? Yep, exactly. Uh, I used to say before I retired that I was on the back nine. I just didn't know how many par fives there were on the back nine and how long that back nine was going to take the play, but... <laughs> Uh, I completed the back nine, and uh, now we'll start at number one again. I just got a text from a uh, buddy in Kelowna, too. He says you're a member of Shannon Lakes? Correct. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, there's a golf card you buy. It's a golf Kelowna card, and uh, it's a very good program, and uh, it's a good course. Uh, we live right off the 12th hole there, so it uh, makes it nice and convenient, and uh, we've met some good friends there, and uh, we get out a couple times a week, sometimes three, and uh, huh. enjoy the course very much. So, uh, not a bad spot to be. Well, Grant, now you got a golf buddy down there. Yeah, there you go. The be- and the best part of retirement, you get to play a little more golf. Well, yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, uh, an old buddy of yours, uh, Mike Barnett, has uh, told me if I'm ever in Palm Springs to let him know, and uh, maybe we get out and play around. So that may happen later this spring. You never know. You might want to take him up on that. He's a member of a really good golf course here. The Citrus Club's pretty oh, special. So. Yeah, we're together on a group called the Western Canada Professional Hockey Scouts Foundation. So uh, there was an event in Okotoks, Alberta, in uh, last summer, and uh, Mike played a huge part uh, in getting a lot of auction prizes and jerseys and uh, helped raise a lot of money for the foundation, their first really uh, big event. Uh, they've got another event coming up uh, this summer in Okotoks again. So that's where uh, I've kind of reconnected with Mike, and uh, it's been great. Dennis Bayak with us on Sports 1440. Kevin Carius, Grant Fear. Uh, Dennis, your last game that you called at the World Juniors, uh, pretty emotional, I would imagine. And uh, Craig Button presented you with an old Flin Flon Bombers jersey where it all started for you. What was that like? Yeah, that's the part that was emotional. The fact that uh, it was my last game, uh, that never really crossed my mind. I kind of did this in stages, which made it uh, maybe a little bit easier. I had my last NHL game, the Jets in Seattle, back in the spring of 2022, and then had my final world championship game uh, in Riga, Latvia, which was a terrific event uh, with Latvia beating Sweden at the world championship. So that was my last world championship event, and then this last, uh, game and event was my last World Junior event, and then it got all emotional. Mm-hmm. I had to deal with uh, Laura Dyke in a TSN. I, she said, "You don't make me cry, and I won't make you cry." And we said, "I said deal." And uh, then Craig had to get involved, and all of a sudden, <laughs> it all got emotional. But you know what? You you always remember 
where it started. Uh, I said this before. You know that once you're in it, you know there's going to be a last game. But until you're in it, you never know there's going to be a first game. And uh, so 1970 was my first Western Hockey League game, uh, Western Canada Hockey League at that point in time, uh, with the Flin Flon Bombers, and that was special. And then, you know, of course, the first game in the NHL, Edmonton, uh, home to Detroit, uh, that'll always be special. Uh, the last game will always be special. Uh, and there's other ones in between there, but certainly uh, the Flin Flon one was uh, – uh, was a, a nice presentation. What happened was they, they gave me, there's a couple of gals at TSN, Arden and Aislinn sisters, that went through a lot of effort. They gave me a Winnipeg Jets jersey, but on the back of it were the logos of all the teams that I had been involved with. Uh, and the Flin Flon one was not the original uh, logo when I was there. So then the Bomber people got involved and they put it out internally saying, does anyone have a jersey from the 70, 71, 71, 72 seasons that they'd be willing to part with. And a defenseman who played for Flynn Flon at that time, Dwayne Bray, stepped up and said, yes, I have an extra one that I'm willing to part with. And that's where the whole thing got started. And it ended up in Gothenburg, Sweden. And uh, that was the presentation from Craig Button. So certainly uh, very special. And I thank all the people at TSN for, for everything they have done. Mm-hmm. Grant? So with retirement, what are the odds if Winnipeg were to ask you to come back and do one more game, would you think about it? (laughs) I wouldn't, uh, unless it was dire circumstances. Uh, I feel that uh, it's Dan Robertson's gig now, and uh, unless for some reason Dan couldn't do it, uh, then the, uh, you know, my, my, my thinking might change. But uh, for right now, it's his gig, and uh, I chose to leave, and uh, that's the way it's going to stay. So it would have to be uh, extenuating circumstances for me to, to go back and do a game. Dennis Bayek with us on Sports 1440. So, Dennis, so many wonderful memories, wonderful moments in your NHL and World Junior career and Worlds and everything like that. Is it too hard to pinpoint a, a couple of them that stand out for you? Well, you know what complicates it? And I, the word complicated really isn't the word, but uh, even more is the fact that I got out of broadcasting for a while and was general manager of the, of the Seattle Thunderbirds, general manager of the Tri-City Americans. Uh, so I got out of broadcasting for a little while. So there's all those other special moments that, and special people that I met in that part of my life that kind of add to it all. So... Uh, but, you, you know, you think back, and you get asked this a lot right now, so you do think back, and even on the plane ride back from Sweden, I got thinking about uh, big nights that I remember. I mean, there were certainly some in Toronto. The last game at Maple Leaf Gardens, I think, will be a standout because of the fact that growing up as a kid, uh, there was this legendary Maple Leaf Gardens on your television every Saturday night or every second Saturday, depending if it was Montreal or, or whether it was Toronto, so... I mean, that building will always be special. Uh, you know, in the first game in Winnipeg, uh, because I was born and raised in Manitoba, uh, so that October 9th game back in 2011 uh, with the Montreal Canadiens, I think that one will be special. Uh, the Patrick Line austin Matthews, the first head-to-head game, because it was Heritage Week in Winnipeg, and we all know in Canadian markets especially how you can tell, Pat Quinn used to joke about, you can always tell the next morning by walking down the street. 
whether the Leafs won or lost last night. I think kind of the same thing as in Edmonton, same thing in Winnipeg, Vancouver, Calgary, Ottawa, uh, Montreal. I think you have that in, in big hockey markets where the mood of the city uh, runs with whether the team is winning or whether the team is losing. So uh, that was the start of Heritage Week in Winnipeg, and then Toronto got ahead early 3 nothing. And you just knew that this was going to be a tough week in Winnipeg. It was a downer to start the week. And then they come back and they win the game. And Patrick Liney gets three, including the, the winner in overtime. So uh, that's an individual game. Uh, you know, I mentioned this one earlier, the game at the World Championship Riga in Riga with Latvia and Sweden. The atmosphere in the building, the atmosphere out of the building was, was remarkable. I have lots of time for... For Latvian people, the Latvian hockey fans, they're a good group. Uh, they really enjoy their hockey. So, uh, you know, lots to, to look back at. And, and certainly the, the Memorial Cups I was involved with in Saskatoon. Yeah. Uh, and then again in Seattle. You know, those were special. Um, you know, the one in Saskatoon certainly was a, a bit of a springboard for me. Uh, we had a great group of people. We had great volunteers. We had great staff in our Blades office. And the Memorial Cup, other than the fact that we lost in overtime to Swift Current, uh, went remarkably well. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where the NHL people got to know who I was a little bit. I chaired the event and emceed the banquet and, and the awards presentation and that. But uh, when all is said and done, it's, it's really the people you meet uh, along the way and uh, lots of good hockey people and lots of good people in the broadcast business that I've mm-hmm. crossed paths with. Grant? So between being a general manager and broadcasting, which one did you enjoy more? Well, I enjoyed the general manager part uh, because if the team was going good, you felt that you had a hand in it. If the team wasn't going good, you felt it was kind of your responsibility to kind of change that. Uh, And you were limited in junior hockey as to what you could do with regards to to changing players and and those sorts of things. Uh, On the other side of that, uh, when the as a broadcaster, when the game ended, you went home, and uh, you know the game was over. In in management, uh, the game's never over. Uh, we we have this tendency in in hockey management that if you win, instead of enjoying the win, you start worrying about the next game or thinking about the next game, and if you lost, you worry about the game you just lost. So. Uh, when you're involved in management, you never really get that break after the game. I think you just start immediately thinking about what's on tap for tomorrow and the next day. Whereas in broadcasting, I think the game ends, you go home, and I think until that next game rolls around, you've got a bit of a time to kind of relax and and enjoy some other things. So those are some of the differences. I enjoyed both. I really did. Uh, I I, uh, very much appreciate the opportunity I was given to to be in management, it started uh, in Saskatoon as assistant general manager uh, with the Blades, with uh, a gentleman that, that's still a real good friend, Daryl Lubinecki, uh, talked me into coming to work for the Blades, and then we saw the new rink open up in Saskatoon. Uh, you know, then I mentioned the Memorial Cup, and then I got the opportunity to go to Seattle, and and uh, Russ Williams was our president there, and, and uh, he gave me the opportunity to, to be the general manager of the Seattle Thunderbirds. I went to Tri-Cities for a year. Uh, got fired there, and then, as luck would have it, uh, went back to my initial dream as a kid, and that was to be uh, a play-by-play announcer in the National Hockey League. I got the opportunity to go to Edmonton, and that's where the NHL career started. So two years there, off to Toronto for a number of years, and then a gentleman at TSM by the name of Paul Graham, who has become a very good friend and 
had a lot to do with my career. Uh, we were on our way, Bev and I were on our way to uh, Wenatchee, Washington, to visit friends from Seattle who were camping there. And we were at a wine store in Olmack, Washington, <laughs> and I uh, got a call would you go to Winnipeg? Uh, the Jets are coming back in TSN. This was Paul Graham saying, I think we have the rights. And I said, hey, I was born and raised in Manitoba. I'll gladly go back. So we packed up and uh, and away we went to Winnipeg. And it was a great 11 years in Winnipeg. And, and uh, it's it was, a, it was a great, great run. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Bayrick with us on Sports 1440. It, it's hard. To, I was thinking about this, Dennis. You and I, our paths should have crossed a lot more uh, because yeah. of the cities we worked in and the mutual friends that we have, like in Saskatoon especially, Kevin Waugh, now MP at uh, for Saskatoon Grasswood, uh, Cam Hutchinson, another good friend, and, and then uh, yeah. Doug Atkins, another guy in Saskatoon. All these guys, we were talking about it last night when I was telling them that I was having you on and they were talking about you getting married at the ACT Arena in Saskatoon and, and things like that and 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 even it goes back even further for you and I Dennis because I was uh, I, at the I went to Saskatoon Blades camp in 1985 and when you I remember were, yeah you were assistant GM under Luby and Kevin Kaminsky absolutely beat the snot right out of me and, and, and that was the end of it for me. You but, weren't you, you weren't you weren't alone in that one, Kevin. That's what everyone said to me because I remember what was the old trainer's name? Hook or Hook? Uh, Terry, yeah, Terry Sexton. Hook. Yeah, Hook. I was remember he was patching me up, and he, and he goes, "Kaminsky's beat up way bigger guys or tougher guys than you." And yeah. I was like, "Oh man!" So it's, yeah, yeah, our paths just seemed to miss uh, whether it be by year or two. Same with Grant. I mean, Grant mm-hmm. came into Victoria after I was out there for a couple of years with Patty Ganell. Uh, Grant came in after that, and then uh, we missed each other in Edmonton and uh, and that. But, uh, yeah, I, re- I remember that camp you coming. And where I remember it from, Kevin, is is when you did get into the business, mm-hmm. uh, the broadcasting business. I remember the training camp you were at, and, and you always remember names, and you say, oh, yeah, I remember that. And, and then, yeah, you're right. I mean, we do have a lot of mutual acquaintances, a lot of mutual friends, and, and uh, that's part of, of this business. And yeah. I think that's part of the hockey business as well. Uh, if you make an effort to stay in contact with people, then uh, I, I find that uh, people do truly care about where you are and what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, what will you miss most about, I guess, the business, uh, whether it be as assistant GM, GM, or just broadcasting the games? Uh, I'll miss the people. Uh, you know, that's when all is said and done, the game is the game, and I'll always miss the game. From from the drop of the puck until the final buzzer, uh I loved every second of it. I mean, the travel got harder. Uh, the time change gets harder as you get older and all those other things. But when all is said and done, you're going to miss the people. I'll miss sitting at practice and, and talking hockey with, uh, with, with people and, uh, and that. So, uh, but it was time. Uh, there's things that uh, we still want to do while we, while we can do them and, and that. But uh, I've said this before, and I think we all agree that, when all is said and done, it's uh, it's the people you worked with and the people you were around that you're going to miss on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Grant, have you got one last one for for Dennis? Anything on your mind? Yeah, on the positive side, now that you're in Phoenix, <laughs> is the handicap getting better? <laughs> uh, you know what, Grant, it, it varies from day to day, and you guys probably know this too. I mean, there's days where you think you've got it going really good, and then all of a sudden something will come along, and your mind starts to wonder. And that's where it becomes, uh, if you let it become a cruel game, it'll be a cruel game because if you let your guard down for one second, 
that water on the right just seems to attract your golf ball. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's it's. Uh, I remember the days, you know, not that long ago when you looked for a challenging course and and that and that. Today, for me, it's it's a good group uh, on a good golf course on a nice day, uh, and and let the score be what it is. And, uh, and go from there. But, uh, you know, you, you, you still want to try and get better. Uh, you want to make the uh, get rid of instead of uh, one shank a game, uh, make it one shank every three games uh, and, and those sorts of things. But uh, still love the game. And, and as long as uh, we can keep playing, we will. And now you got some time to kind of work on that and have some more fun. Uh, I really had fun uh, doing this with you, Dennis. Uh, maybe we can do it again in a few months. And uh, once the playoffs start, I'm sure you're going to be watching games like uh, every night uh, and things like that. You probably still are. Yep. So uh, really appreciate yep, your time. I still love the game. You yeah. know what? I still love the game. I think the game's in a good place. Uh, you know, I watch most of the Winnipeg Jets games. I think they've got a very good oh. team. Edmonton's on the run now. I'm, you know, friends with Kenny Hall and have been for years. So uh, you kind of them a little bit and uh, to see what Vancouver's doing is nice and uh, it's a big week. Uh, I know Edmonton and Toronto play tonight. Winnipeg gets back at it tonight so uh, there's always some key games on the schedule pretty much every night which is uh, which is good. It's, it's fun and it's entertaining to watch so that's good. Well, so thank you guys for having me. Well, Thanks for coming on Dennis. Appreciate it. Right, take care guys. Thanks, Dennis. That's uh, Dennis Beck. Just a remarkable, wonderful career, not just behind the mic, but again, assistant to GM in Saskatoon, Tri-City, and and uh, Seattle, uh, you know, uh, and just loves hockey. And you, you can see that. You still hear it. And now after, you know, 50 years plus doing it, you get a chance to kind of enjoy things and just watch it from a different perspective and golf a little bit, Grant. And that's that's kind of what it's all about, isn't it? It is. It's the best of all worlds. I mean, I think once you've played in the game, you never lose that love. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big thing is you still have a love for the game, but it, it's also still fun to be around the rink. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, Nick Kiprios will join us uh, for our St. Albert Dodge Game of the Day, and we will look at uh, tonight's Leafs and Oilers tilt at uh, Rogers Place. That's coming up. Kevin Carey's Grand Fear on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, the Duke is on fire today. That's Remember the old Craig Kilborn show, Duke? Probably not, eh? No. <laughs> he used to be on ESPN, Craig Kilborn. This was his intro uh, for his talk show host when he came on. I'll take your word for yeah, it. I was big time. Um, time now for the uh, game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. They have 165 Ram 1500s all dressed up and waiting for you with an incredible 20% off MSRP. That is a savings of up to $14,000 as we welcome in Nick Kiprios from the Real Kipper and Born show and our uh, game of the day for St. Albert Dodge. Uh, Kipper, welcome back to Sports 1440. You're with Kevin Carries and Grant Fear. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Kevin, Fierzy. Great How to are you? With you. Yeah. I'm well, pal. How are you? Things are good. Got no complaints. Things are good. Yeah. You know what? All our listeners were kind of wondering about, they always want to talk about what happened in 1996. So we'll just get this out of the way. <laughs> we'll get it out of the way right off the hop. Hey, eh? So you know, for those of the, you don't remember, or it goes far too, too far back. Uh, Nick, you went into Grant in the crease. Chris Pronger gave you the check from behind. You got a game suspension. Uh, Fierzy blew out your knee ligaments, but I guess everything, you know, it's all good according to, you know, and you guys, Broached the subject many years ago, but still talk about it because it, it's it's out there. So just uh, you know, Grant, you go ahead, and then Kipper, you kind of talk about it after. Yeah, no, it's okay. all good. 
I mean, it's playoff hockey. You get fallen on a thousand times and nothing ever happens. It was just one of those unfortunate things where I had a leg at a funny angle and Nick just happened to land on it. But it's, you know what, it's playoff hockey. When you're playing good, people fall on you. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things of the game. Kipper? Listen, oh, yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, the one thing that's been consistent uh, from from day one, well, maybe not day one, maybe <laughs> a while into it, was just how uh, what, what, what gracious guy Grant is. And, you know, at the time, for a guy in my role to know Grant's one of the greatest goalies in the history of the game and a Hall of Famer, and to hear that, uh, you know, he was done based on this, uh, always left a pit in my stomach. And it was just, it was Mark Messier at, a, at an event. Um, and I reiterated to Mark at the time, I mean, I still get sick to my stomach thinking about, you know, the way it ended for Grant on that play. And he just grabbed me by the arm and dragged me right to Grant's table and just started kind of laughing because Mark has that similar attitude that we play this game hard and things happen and it, by no means uh, makes us judge people forever, you know, on, on, on trying to win and trying to compete. And once Mark did that to me, it, it changed everything for me in terms of how I felt about the situation and the consistency that Grant has told this story on uh, competition and intensity and, you know, trying to do whatever you can to win, um, you know, sometimes when you have to push the envelope um, completely changed the way I felt about this moving forward. So mm-hmm. I know I've told you a thousand times, Grant, but uh, it, it's meant the world to me uh, um, to, to hear you tell um, or talk about this incident. You know, it's all about competing and that's the fun of the game. And the beauty of the game is you get in the playoffs, everybody competes hard. And when you compete hard, things happen sometimes. And, that's just life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's good. Uh, we'll put that one to bed and get on to some uh, other business. Uh, uh, Nick Kipper is with us. Kevin Carey's Grant Fuhrer on Sports 1440. So, so, Kipper, just a quick question. Did you ever think Grant would get into, like, where he's doing color, uh, being a color analyst in Coachella Valley? <laughs> Listen, have you seen the track record for goalies in this <laughs> position? It is off the charts. You it's frightening, isn't it? Down it's 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 frightening this is the one position that is owned the broadcasting uh position and let's face it hey grant you've got the best view of everything that happens in the game and everyone's positioning nobody knows more about who should be standing where uh than the goaltender so you know grant's understanding of the game his ability to uh to uh, to rise to uh, epic uh, uh, levels at his position. Uh, to answer your question, Kevin, no, not surprised at all. <laughs> Same thing with you, Grant. I guess you know you would have you know talked to Kipper over the years, and you know he was on Sportsnet on the panel, went off and did his own thing for a bit. Now with uh, the Born and Kipper show, uh, what about that angle for you, Grant? No, Nick's been great for a long time and understands the game, and I think that's the fun of watching them and listening to them is 
the understanding of the game and how the game's played and how the game should be played. And it's, I enjoy it because the role he played was hard. I mean, that's a tough way to make a living. Mm-hmm. And they see the game, it, the old school version of it, which is the way the game should be played, where guys played hard and they played honest. So listening to Nick, I get it. I love doing it. Go ahead, Kipper. Uh, I just want to add that, yeah. you know, for, for we've had some great uh, individual talents uh, over the course of the history of our league, and uh, many of them have never touched a Stanley Cup or or have come close to a Stanley Cup. But when you talk about like world class talent that can see the bigger picture than individual awards or individual stats and truly understand the makeup of a team from roster one to roster 22 or 23. And I include, you know, black aces. I include uh, healthy scratches. When you're on a roster, you have to understand, you have to know the dynamic of, of, of every player on that roster and their contributions and, you know, for, for guys like Messier or, or Grant or Paul Coffey, they understand the role of, of a Nick Kiprios as a fourth liner who may play seven minutes one night, nine minutes the next night, or healthy scratch. But they don't devalue that at all. They actually value it that much more because of the understanding to get through 82 games and win four rounds, how important each piece is. And those are the guys that actually can help start really building a championship team. When you value third and fourth line guys or role players and some superstars have not been able to grasp that. I, I look around the league right now and I see some of these great young players, but they haven't got a clue how to connect with a third or fourth liner. Mark Messier type of guy that will put you at the very top. I got traded to the New York Rangers you know, uh, Mark couldn't couldn't go out of his way enough to understand who I was as a person, a family man, um, a player. What, what what where's my passion coming from? And then they start shaping it into a championship team, and that's the real key, I think, for for leadership is to value every portion of your organization, and that's the difference between, I think. Um, players who have great careers or players who help win championships. Yeah, it's the difference between a normal team and a championship team. Uh, Nick Kiprius, our guest, uh, Kevin Carey's Grand Fury on Sports 1440, our St. Albert Dodge game of the day tonight uh, in Edmonton. Oilers taking on the Maple Leafs. Uh, I mean, there's star power and then there's star power. We're going to see a lot of this uh, on the sheet tonight, and I would imagine that's going to be all you guys talk about on the uh, Real Kipper and Bourne show today, Kipper. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And listen, I mean, talking about some of the greatest players on on the planet today uh, on one sheet of ice. So this one will have a ton of attention. And you know, the Leafs do not come in with a, a 10-game winning streak uh, like the Oilers. But I, I think the Oilers would be foolish to sleep on the Leafs' offense, right, on any given night. Uh, Marner, Matthews, we've seen what they've been able to do offensively. And they're, they're struggling. There's no question they're coming in struggling. But again, you know, from from Grant's position as a goaltender, man, you still you still never take your foot off the the pedal when it comes to uh, 
dialing in or zoning in on a, on a Matthews and a Marner uh, and a Nylander coming in tonight. Go ahead, Grant, if you got something for Nick. Yeah, I mean, their offensive ability is unquestioned. What's happening in the back end with the Leafs? They've had some leads and let the leads get away, and they've given up a bunch of goals here in the last little bit. What's happening in the back end? Yeah, um, what year are you talking about? Because this has been an ongoing (laughs) thing for this Leafs organization, and no question – uh, there's still some some naysayers when it comes to Willie Nylander's $92 million contract and uh, Fierzy, whether it's too much on the on the front end and not enough on the back end. But right now, it's just they, they seem to be overwhelmed uh, when it comes to defending and sometimes defending at critical moments. And Morgan Riley's having a terrific year, named to the All Star. He's doing everything he can to hold. Uh, to hold that uh, defense up right now. But it's a challenge because it does drop a lot uh, past Morgan Riley. And that's where you don't necessarily have a legit number two or legit number three uh, defenseman. Uh, more like fours, fives, and sixers uh, mm-hmm. back there. And then when you factor in the inconsistency in, in, in net and the injuries uh, that they've battled already with, uh, you know, Samsonov never got out of the gate strong in training camp. And then he had some, some issues between the ears that they, they hope were cleaned up in the last two weeks. Martin Jones has actually come in and, and done an admirable job terms of holding the fort uh but lately i think he's come down to earth a little bit so we'll see where they are tonight uh, in that but uh, that blue line and and, and the goaltending position unlike skinner who's really you know solidified i think his spot right now since jack campbell uh they made the decision to waive jack campbell yeah. uh they, they seem to be trending upwards in in terms of uh you know, holding holding their own on on their back end, and the Leafs have not been able to do that. Yeah, big difference there. Uh, Nick Kiprios with us on Sports fourteen forty. Nick, is this team, the Leafs, able to um, solidify any roster balance salary wise? Uh, are they able to do this? Uh, not able to do this until the end of next year when John Tavares comes off the books. Yeah, uh, Brad Tree Living is really uh, challenged in this department. And uh, I, I think it's just getting clearer and clearer that when Kyle Dubas left, uh, he, he left a, a little bit of a mess for him to clean up. And it's just not realistic that he's going to be able to clean it up in a year. And again, with the, with the commitment to, to Willie Nylander, it just puts the, the, whole, the whole system that much more... Um, in in a in a challenging position of what do you do next year when Willie Nylander's contract kicks in at eleven point five and you still got Tavares at eleven million dollars. So uh, it's not only going to be tough for him at the trade deadline, but next year is going to be challenging as well. And once you get Tavares off the books at eleven, it alleviates a little bit uh, moving forward. But up to now. Again, with Kyle Dubas trading a lot of assets the last few years at the trade deadline, first rounders, second rounders, they don't even have a second rounder yeah. for the next three years. And we know how valuable they are at the trade deadline. So 
you know, Leaf fans may be looking for that that magic trade, uh, but I'm I'm not sure it would come, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you got one last one for Nick Grant? Yeah, sure. I was actually going to ask you about the trade deadline. Are they going to be able to fix any of the mess, or are they pretty much handcuffed? Well, listen, uh, it all depends on how desperate they want to act. And if they feel, Pierzy, that this is this has to be the year, then they got some first-round picks they can still dangle and, and make something happen. Uh, but, you know, the challenge still from then is – uh, money in, money out, but uh, at that point, it's it's really uh, minimal when you consider how quickly uh, the salary cap comes off uh, in the playoffs. So it's just a matter of how much, whatever you have left uh, in the cupboards, uh, how much are you willing to spend? And I think teams right now, uh, the prices are really heavy, guys. No question that uh, Calgary's looking for a first rounder and a prospect for Canov mm-hmm. and any other defenseman in that 18 to 22 minute range that uh, that teams may be looking to shop by then will be looking for those first rounders that the Leafs have. So a uh, tough decision, no question, for Brad Tree Living. And one last one for me, Nick, I, and I touched on this off the top. Uh, is it fair to say that the Leafs are not a lock to make the playoffs this year? Well, uh, ju- judging by the weekend, uh, they let a lot of teams back in the race, I think. Yeah. And uh, I know they've got some games in hand, uh, but Detroit coming within one point should be a huge wake-up call for them moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, again, if they they can get their offense going again and, and fire it up a little bit and clean up a little bit, uh, I don't think um, the Leaf fans should be too worried but if if certain trends continue and they don't clean it up, and we'll see what happens tonight and, mm-hmm. and, and how they continue the rest of this road swing because they are on their West Coast trip and Vancouver's yeah. in the mix and Winnipeg's in the mix, uh, Seattle's in the mix. If they come out pretty dry off this road trip, then um, it, it may be a, a legit thought that uh, they are a bubble team now. You know, Nick, whenever Grant co-hosts on uh, Tuesdays, uh, every Tuesday, 9 to 11, whoever we have on, and I kind of throw it out there, is there a question that you might have had, you might have for Grant, that maybe in a forum like this that you've never had the opportunity to ask him, maybe <laughs> whatever you think? I don't know. if there's Or vice versa, Grant, if you've got something that maybe you wanted to ask Nick. Hey, go ahead, I, Nick. For, well, well, first of all, um, I think – the last chance I had to come close to golfing with them was in Lake Tahoe about 15, 20 years ago. My question is, Grant, can we can we get a round in somewhere, <laughs> me and you? I'd love that. Most definitely. you got to come down here to the desert. It's nice and warm all the time. <laughs> Buddy, that's all I need. Just a little bit of a window, and I'll, I'll try to make it happen. Really appreciate it. I would love that. Thanks, pal. Yeah. No, that's good, man. We're... We're in retirement mode. We, we think less about hockey and more about sunshine yeah. and, and uh, good good companionship uh, on the golf course and uh, a cold one. That's that's where me and Grant are right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just had Dennis Bayak on, uh, Nick, and that's exactly the same state that he's in right now, too. So. Awesome, awesome. 
awesome. So, really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, uh, thanks for hopping on today, uh, Nick. Uh, have a good show today. Uh, anything on in, sp- in specific uh, that you can talk about the, the real Kipper and Bourne show today? Oh, listen, we're uh, we're gonna have some uh, some fun here. Uh, we try to track down Losey, but I think he's in Europe with his. Uh, with his son. So uh, uh, we're just excited for a, a big game tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, two superstars and Matthews and, and McDavid going head to head, just looking forward to that and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, building, building up uh, the anticipation of that one. Yeah. Uh, thanks Kipper. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. All right. Kevin Fierzy, really appreciate your time. Thanks. All right, that's Great Nick. talking to you. That's uh, Nick Kiprios. And our game of the day for St. Albert Dodge, brought to you by St. Albert Dodge with an industry-leading 4.6 Google review rating. You head up the trail to St. Albert Dodge, see how easy it is to do business with the great people at stalbertdodge.com. So tonight's game, uh, Fierzy, and we did touch about the, the star power in this one. Where do you see the comparisons between Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews? Uh, you know what? They're both superstars. I think that's the fun part. It'll be a fun game to watch. I mean, they're both super offensive, talented. So it's it, the game's going to come down to your secondary scoring. Your stars are going to score. That's just the way it works. But the secondary scoring is the part I'm going to look for tonight is to which team's getting the contribution out of those second, third lines. Mm-hmm. Do you think Toronto fans, Toronto media to that extent, tries to push Austin Matthews into the conversation of where and what type of player Connor McDavid is? Oh, yeah, that's normal. I mean, that's that's the Eastern Toronto market that they're going to push him in every direction. And whether it be fair or not, Austin Matthews is obviously a talent, mm-hmm. but does he make the players around him better? Now, Connor makes the players around him better. So that's kind of my separation of the two. Austin Matthews is a goal scorer, but I'm not really sure he makes the players around him better. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to see tonight. Uh, really looking forward to this one. Uh, we are back to wrap things up with Grant Fear on Sports 1440 right after the break. Text coming in, one 1440 Brett says, on fire with the tunes today, Duke, and you have been. This could be your best day by far. I don't know. By far, you had know. the hoochie coochie. Well, Jackson. That, that was by request. Yeah. We let a we let a request come in on a Tuesday. That's not that's not the usual. Yeah, usually we save the request for Friday. But um, Van Owen, uh, just uh, Kevin Carey's Grand Fear and Grant. How many games did you play in Flin Flon back in the day? Would you couple? None. They weren't None? in the league when they, I they played. Weren't. I was just thinking that they left. What seventy whatever? Yeah, they left just before I played junior. Winnipeg okay. was in. Mm-hmm. Brandon. Uh, but no Flin Flon. Just because we were talking when we had Dennis Bayek on, uh, Van Owen says, I grew up in a little town near Flin Flon. Many nights I went to bed with a little transistor radio to listen to bomber games with the volume turned down solo. My mom wouldn't hear it. Dennis is one of the voices of my youth. Yeah, I was trying to, I couldn't, uh, just off the top of my head, because, I mean, the bombers were big time in the late 60s and early 70s with Patty Gunnell and, and things like that. So, um Aaron texts in Grant, uh, says, Grant is pure class, 100%. I saw his documentary, and he, I heard him say that Nick didn't take him out on purpose. Uh, that is obviously not true. Bygones be bygones, and Nick didn't try to injure him, but he definitely drove him into drove into him on purpose. Uh, so that's kind of how everyone... And Nick got suspended one game, and you tried to come back, and you skated without equipment. Is that correct? 
No, I skated with the equipment and a knee brace to see if I could play, but apparently you need ligaments for that. So mm-hmm. it didn't work out so well. Oh, man, that would have been tough. But And you knew right away there's just no, you had, it was all wobbly and everything like that? Yeah, wobbly, I could go down, but I couldn't get back up. Yeah. couldn't push off it. So that's... Small, small problem playing. Yeah, a little bit. Kind of similar to probably what Roley had in, in 06. That's, yeah, probably when I tore my ACL, MCL, and ripped up all the meniscus. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this not very is, much fun. No, I can't imagine. Uh, this one from Justin Ma. Uh, question for Grant. I know uh, goalie uh, goalie fights really didn't happen during the height of the Oilers-Flames rivalry, but would you have ever dropped the gloves with Mike Vernon? <laughs> no, Vernie and I were good friends. Yeah. Right, during some of the brawls, we just had good conversations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what are we doing? Why are we even thinking of getting into something like that? We weren't that foolish. No. What did, what did you, there were lots of guys that could do all the fighting. Vernie and I just supposed to stop pucks. Yeah. What did you think uh, years later when he got into it and when he was in Detroit with Patrick Waugh, Colorado? I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's fun to see. I mean, no need to be in it, but it was fun to see. And <laughs> it heated rivalries. Sometimes things happen. Yeah. Were you ever close? I can't recall. Like, did you have anything close like that? Uh, we had a couple of brawls my first week in Buffalo with Montreal. Then mm-hmm. Robbie Ray ran over Patrick, so that created a little bit of a brawl. So yeah, I we kind of have to get in the mix of that. Can't imagine that wouldn't have started anything with Robbie Ray, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, then Patrick came out and said he would have never done it if it was the first minute of a hockey game, and Muck started him, and Rob, the puck had dumped in, and Robbie went and barreled over him again. <laughs> oh, the old times. Miss him. Yeah, a little old-time hockey. So uh, on Saturday, you must have been, not sorry, Sunday, sorry, on Sunday with uh, the Green Bay Packers and Dallas Cowboys. Um, you must have been just sitting there. This is just sweet watching this. Uh, you know what? I enjoyed it. My <laughs> wife didn't enjoy it so much. She's a Cowboys fan. Oh, My son-in-law is yeah. a Cowboys fan. So the grandkids are Cowboys fans. So I don't think they enjoyed it, but one of us was pretty happy in the mm-hmm. household. I didn't. I didn't know Lisa was a Cowboys fan. Uh, what's that? Just always since she was young. Her son used to be a huge Cowboys fan. Okay. So yeah, the, their family's been all Cowboys, and I'm still a diehard Packers fan. So in in my world, it was a great day. <laughs> well. You know what? It's funny that when you say about Dallas, you're, there's you're, when you talk about the Dallas fans, they're just you're just so they're so into their team, or everyone hates the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm on the the side where I don't like the Dallas Cowboys, so I enjoyed it as well. What did you see from that game? You must be just totally impressed with uh, with with Love at quarterback, and I mean all the young players. It's they they got a good thing going there. Yeah, and the key about it is they're young players. Mm-hmm. They don't have any expectations. They're just playing for the love of it right now and because they're not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Young team wasn't supposed to make the playoffs. They go out, they make the playoffs. You roll into Dallas. You're not supposed to beat Dallas and they played carefree. And when you play carefree, good things happen. What do you make of their coach? How do, do you, and do you agree like a team in any sport takes on the identity of their coach? Yeah, most likely. And Matt LaFleur's done a great job there where he's young as well. So you get a young coach with a young team and they play extremely well against the good clubs. Yeah, they laid some eggs against some bad clubs this year, but whenever they've played a good club, they've played very well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, and you, as you say, you've been a fan of the Green Bay Packers for a long time, Grant. And you go back to what Brett Favre did in the early days and go back to the very beginning of Aaron Rodgers. 
Don Makowski. Yeah, yeah, the Magic Man. A lot of really good quarterbacks gone through there. Yeah, the ma- the Magic Man. But what Jordan Love is doing is, I mean, he's on par at, in the early stages of two guys that are you know first ballot Hall of Famers. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about Green Bay. They always seem to find good quarterbacks. You start with a Bart Starr. You run into Mikowski, Favre, Rodgers. Hmm. Now they've got Jordan Love. That's that's a lot of years of very good quarterbacks. You know, I remember I was watching that. Uh, have you ever saw uh, seen the American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story, the the movie? I have. Yeah. So he's he goes to Green Bay at the start and basically wasn't prepared to go in during a practice. I mean, he could have been in Green Bay too. Uh, it yeah. would have changed the fortunes for a lot of quarterbacks. But, yeah, there's something about the water in Green Bay where quarterbacks just seem to have their way with things. Yeah, they've had pretty good coaching there. I mean, you start with a Vince Lombardi, not a bad way to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, what do we got? Well, you went in and you had Paul Holmgren. Or sorry, Mike Holmgren. Mike Holmgren. He was there for a yeah. long time. McCarthy was there for a long time and was very good there. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something about Green Bay. Yeah, something about Green Bay. Well, do you think they, what, what do you think their chances are in San Fran this weekend then? Uh, they're in tough again. But it's, when you're the underdog, that's half the fun. They've got, they can play carefree. San Francisco is in that you have to win or everybody's mm-hmm. going to second guess you. A little bit tougher. So, Green Bay plays carefree, they'll have a chance. And I think they, it's almost playing on the road. Is when you're in this situation, being a younger team, uh, you don't know that you're not supposed to go in there and win. It's almost like the same with Dallas. You don't know that. Yeah, you don't know any better. So you just go play, and it's a lot easier way of playing come playoff time when you really don't not expected to win, and you can just go out and free wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's on the go for you this week? Another uh, day off today, but uh, I guess the second of back to backs, if you want to call it, with uh, with Henderson tomorrow night. Yeah, we get Henderson Wednesday, Calgary Friday, then the guys go up to Ontario to play Saturday, so they're in the run of four and six nights. So. A busy week of hockey. We get the Eagles in here tonight, so concert over at the arena. So the arena's got a busy night. Oh, I guess I should say happy birthday to my son-in-law, Keith Ooh. King, in Edmonton. Yeah. His birthday today. Wow. So And he he's in town here? Yep, they're in Edmonton. Okay. So just a busy week. Well, uh, sounds good. Looks sounds like you're going to be very busy again. So uh, thanks for hopping on. We'll I'll, I'll shoot Freddie Brathwaite, but you talk to him today and see what his schedule is uh, for next week. But we'll try to get Freddie on for next Tuesday. Yeah, I'll ask him at dinner tonight. Who's who? And you got to pick up the tab, I assume. Hey, eh? Freddie, has he got the alligator arms going or what? Oh no, it's the fun <laughs> of having being roommates. Well, we'll we'll look after him. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, he's on the road, right? So you you know you got to give him a little bit of hometown kind of thing here. Oh, yeah. Then I'll go bug him in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. So it, it works out. Uh, thanks, Grant. Appreciate your time. As always, great insight and good talking with uh, with Nick and Dennis and, and uh, Caitlin. It was great stuff. Thanks a lot. Oh, I always look forward to it. We'll see you next week. You betcha. That's uh, our co-host on uh, Tuesdays from 9 to 11, Hockey Hall of Famer Grant Fuhr. Shout out to all of our guests today. Uh, Arash Madani from Rogers Sportsnet. Uh, same with Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Frank Saravalli of the Daily Faceoff. Uh, then we did speak with Caitlin Slater, Dennis Bayak. Man, that was just enlightening to hear all of his stories from all of the years uh, behind the mic. And then in, in the GM chair as well with Dennis. And then Nick Kiprios from The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. And, of course, our 
co-host every Tuesday uh, 9 to 11, Grant Fuhr, uh, the Hockey Hall of Famer. Coming up at the top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... The former Rochep T-Bird. Connor Alley and the Duke of Delbert. And then at uh, 12 o'clock, it'll be the lowdown with Alan Mitchell till uh, 2. And then, then Jason Greger drives us home for the Jason Greger show from 2 to 6. Thanks so much for uh, everybody listening today on all our platforms. Uh, thanks for all the texts that we got. I uh, really appreciate you being a part of our show. Uh, good luck to the Oilers tonight. We'll have a full uh, extensive uh, post-game recap tomorrow morning where our co-host will be former NHLer David Schlemko. Top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy. Before that, here is the Duke with a Sports 1440 update. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful day.